a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. So, people say, what is the problem with all these various and uh, divided churches, etc., etc.? And the answer is, the problem is the doctrine of justification. We got it wrong. So, I mean, the irony here is, is that the, the mystic um, is always trying to turn away from the, cre- the creation and uh, into what is um, unseen and only felt. And what God wants to do is turn us away from what is unseen and felt into the tangible, the, the water, the word, uh, yeah, right. the bread and wine. What is it? We got to integrate God's story and make it our story, and we be- become participants in the biblical narrative. It makes me want to puke Yale blue. All right, that's what you do when you listen to Table Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to this edition. Oh, <laughs> All right, so... I haven't and, even got started yet. I know, you're already puking Yale Blue just from the introduction, <laughs> from the from the sound bites. Sorry to offend everyone from Yale Divinity School. <laughs> well, in today's edition of Table Talk Radio, after some buzzwords and some emails... We're doing a little bumper sticker theology, which you have called in at 1-800-385-SOLA, or sent them in to questions at tabletalkradio.org. And then we're going to be playing How Big of a Missionalist Are Ya? So that's just... <laughs> How does that game work? Well, uh, it... <laughs> it'll be all over your cage like a rat on a Cheeto. That's my favorite line from the internet, wait, wait, from the radio sensation, Raw at the Mercer, who I don't recommend listening to, by the way, especially not with children. But anyway, that guy's funny. Table Talk Radio does not endorse Roy D. Mercer. And uh, and uh, prank <laughs> calling and everything. And he said, how big a boy are you? How big a boy are you? Is that where this show came from? How big a missionalist are you? I think you? that's just where, oh, how yeah? we say so it. So we should prank call the churches. <laughs> how many visitors do you have? Oh, yeah? yeah how big a missionalist are you? I'm that thinking about uh, coming on down there and open up a can of evangelism on you. That's actually... <laughs> That's actually a fantastic idea. <laughs> How big a missionalist are you? Speaking of being a big missionalist, we should join in progress. That uh, radio lingo is jip. Do you know I knew that? I didn't know you knew that. Senate convention going on right now. We should listen in. Can we listen in? Sure. Just I bet we'll second. pick up a theological buzzword or two from that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's all the... That's all the craze, like uh, bylaw. All the and, theology and you can handle. <laughs> we move adoption. All these are important. A delegate oh, there we go. for a division of the House, which is his <laughs> right to do. And then I probably stated. That's our that uh, first vice president, Herb Mueller. Let me try again. I, I thought Using we were going to play which ladder with the, with the uh, convention. Voting device. <laughs> if you <laughs> wish to cease debate, press one. Which for President yes. Mueller called the. Thingy the other day. I know. No. I, thought, I saw that. If your thingy's broken, go to the back of the room. And I thought, I thought boy, we are so immature. We have like the most immature <laughs> convention church body in the world. You call everyone's thingy giggling. Thing back. Everybody starts giggling. <laughs> can you believe that? <laughs> I, I mean, can because I would have laughed my head off. You'd expect that from the ELCA, oh. but not from the Missouri Synod. <laughs> Everyone's thingies works over the years. The motion to postpone is now before you. All right. Uh, what are all they talking about, you know? Postponing Anyhow. Discussion on 302B until Good after we night. have dealt with three. T- How miserable is that? <laughs> I don't know. 
I mean, <laughs> it's just slightly less miserable than listening the, to us listening to the convention. Yeah, I was going to say, the only thing worse than <laughs> listening to the convention is listening to Tiltac Radio listen to the convention. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> All right, well, let's get... Remember the idea to do Mystery Science Theater 3000? That's oh, what yeah. this is like. That's what we should do. Right? Whatever happened to that idea? I don't know. I'll, I'll strike it back up. Hey. Hmm. Please press yes for one. <laughs> uh, one for yes. And two Point of order, I'm no. confused. Okay. I, I don't know what button to press. Um, I like it that uh, uh, President, President Harrison was, was chairing the, the convention, and then he handed it over to Vice President Mueller so that uh, President Harrison could go to the microphone and speak as an as a advisor delegate. Uh, on yeah, behalf of the the congregation, he's a, an associate pastor. Of. <laughs> That's pretty good. My my favorite thing is whenever someone says "point of order" and he says, "How have we broken the rules?" <laughs> the really annoyed voice. Oh, yeah. Anyhow, I got a buzzword, and that is this: a buzz phrase for you, and that is passive righteousness. Mm. Okay, got it. Mm. Uh, and this is as opposed to active righteousness. I'm going to read for you uh, a line or two from Luther's Greater Galatians commentary. Okay. This most excellent righteousness, the righteousness of faith, which God imputes to us through Christ without works, is neither political nor ceremonial nor legal nor works righteousness, but is quite the opposite. It is a merely passive righteousness, while all the others listed above are active. For here, with the passive righteousness of faith, we work nothing, render nothing to God. We only receive and permit someone else to work in us, namely God. Therefore, it is appropriate to call the righteousness of faith, or Christian righteousness, passive. It's righteousness hidden in a mystery, which the world does not understand. You know what that reminds me of? What? We have, uh, or you have this new uh, vocation, which we haven't talked about on the air yet. Oh, yeah, a vicarage supervisor? Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering why your grass has been mowed and your car is clean and... The laundry's done. Teeth are brushed. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, and, I, I know I got a new doulos running I, around I all happen, year. I happen to know that the church there at, at Hope Lutheran Aurora does not have air conditioning. So do you have them like holding this big leaf, just kind of fanning it over <laughs> you at the desk at all times? <laughs> little to the left, Vicar. Little to the left. <laughs> no, he's out running around doing all my work while I sit around here and goof around. All right. So that basically started my one-year vacation when he was installed a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> cool. I feel sorry for him. I really do. Uh, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Does he not want to be mentioned? I wouldn't want to be mentioned on Tail Talk Radio. <laughs> we won't. We no, won't I was. I was just thinking. All I could think of was Vicar. I was like, "What else do you need, Vicar?" I know, Vicar Bradley when, Lessman. When I was on Vicarage, um, my Vicar supervisor and myself had the exact same alb, and so I put a little E on the tab so we could separate the two. And he asked me, what's the E for? I said, my first name? Oh, yeah, I forget you guys have names. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. I forget you guys. That's like when... <laughs> That's like what the teacher says to the room. She's really annoyed at her kindergarten class. I forget you guys have names. <laughs> All right, my theological oh. buzz phrase uh, for you comes from this blog I just found randomly and know nothing about uh, called Credo House Ministries. At reclaimingthemind.org. And uh, this, what? he has a, a list of, of theological words of the day. And the phrase yep. for you is uh, seeker sensitive churches. And it says this refers to the method of conducting a Sunday morning church service where all the events surrounding the service are tailored for the unchurched in mind. 
The goal of this model is to attempt to make the quote-unquote seeker feel comfortable by making the service understandable and enjoyable. In this sense, the church is attempting to build a bridge with the unbeliever with the ultimate goal that they will hear the gospel and be saved. The preaching model in the seekers, uh, the seeker churches follows suit. Every sermon is simply another way to present the gospel. Yeah, right. Deeper learning, uh, fellowship, and discipleship are encouraged, but not normally part of the Sunday service. They are commonly found in midweek small groups and studies. Opponents of the seeker model will argue that the Sunday service is not meant for the unbelievers, but for believers. There is a wide range of uh, within the spectrum of how a seeker-sensitive church might be. One end might be thought of as seeker-friendly and the other seeker-driven. Rick Warren and Bill Hybels are often thought of the modern-day fathers of this model. So there you go. There you go. I, I wonder what the seeker, uh, what the seeker-sensitive church folks say about what Paul says in Romans 3, which is, there is none who seeks after God. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> how can I mean, you be seek- how, In other words, how can you be seeker-sensitive is there, if there actually is no such thing as a seeker? <laughs> <laughs> so, so being, yeah, that's being, a good... I'm going to tweet that right now, by the way. <laughs> Follow me at B. Wolfmuller. But, but you make a good point because the, the theology of, of Rick Warrens and Bill Hybels uh, would not share the theology of Paul there that uh, says <laughs> that uh, that uh, someone who is unconverted lacks the ability to even understand the things of God, um, which we'll see also in 1 Corinthians, what, chapter 3. So um, th- this they're going to come from the, the theological perspective that the will is free and it must only be compelled or convinced and this really goes back to your view of original sin. If you think original sin is something that um, disables you to understand the things of God, then you're going to have a theology that says it's going to be the gospel, the word of God. Romans 10, faith comes from hearing that converts the person, bestows faith. If you have a theology that original sin just sort of uh, makes, maybe uh, inclines you towards evil or uh, just kind of makes things a bit harder, you just got to try harder to convince someone to become a Christian. So there's uh, definitely theology at play. This is not theologically neutral, as some would like to say. And we'll probably talk about that later when we play How Big of a Missionalist Are You? <laughs> How do you think about this? How can we be seeker-sensitive if there's no such thing as a seeker? Hashtag Romans 311. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're, I forgot you're a twit now, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah, man. All I haven't right. sent anything out. You just reminded me that I'm a twit, so I haven't sent anything out in a long time. <laughs> Very good. Well, I got like seven followers. We're coming up on our first break. Uh, after this commercial what? break, we we're going to be playing a bumper sticker. Th- I know. We... Fantastic waste of time. Oh, no. <laughs> a waste of time? Listen to this. We've Please been... vote now. This is not a waste of time. <laughs> okay. This is we time can... well spent. We, we could bump out to the convention. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Point of order. <laughs> time to call the the orders of the day. We are time to, yeah. go, to go to a commercial break, and we'll be right back. I have with, a motion uh, to cease debate. Oh, I agree. And, uh, All right, I second uh, that. And, uh, cease debate uh, on Table Talk Radio, and we're gonna be right back. Link oh. pepper sticker, church science theology from your entries at tabletalkradio.org, uh, or give us a call one eight hundred three eight five SOLA. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. Online petition necessary. 
You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Yeah, a little blues travelers. The hook brings you back. Uh, this isn't that song. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, where Pastor Wolf I second that is, bump. <laughs> is in a grumpy mood, doesn't want to do anything fun today. <laughs> Whereas prank calling pastors asking about the size of their contemporary worship service is obnoxious. <laughs> Therefore, be it resolved that we don't do Point it on of air. Order. <laughs> That's a bylaw. You can't change that. <laughs> it's a policy. It's <laughs> a CCM ruling. Oh, brother. Uh, this makes my head spin. Hey, we're, we're going to do some, some uh, bumper stickers. Are you ready for some bumper stickers? Oh, I didn't even know. I thought we were playing How Big a Michelin Are You? That's in the next segment. Welcome okay. to Table Talk Radio and... Thank Thanks you. You got bumper stickers, I'm sure. Uh huh. Here we go. Hi, this is Emma from Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I have two church. I can't believe Kalamazoo is actually the, the name first of a real one place. It was on a Church of Christ, and it said, "Do your best, then sleep well. God is awake." And the other one was just down the street on a Baptist church, and it said, "The question is that does God love you? The question is, do you love God?" Oh. <laughs> Whoa, that's just perfect. <laughs> that was at a Baptist church. That's kind <laughs> of the opposite of the question. <laughs> All right, let's take them in order, though. The first okay. one is, do your best go to sleep, God is awake. Okay. Uh, yes. I. You know, I like to pray this Psalm 121. <laughs> um, and it says that uh, he that... Watches the watches over you. Neither slumbers nor sleeps, and it is a quite a nice thing to know that even and I and I do this before surgeries because people are being knocked out for surgery, etc. Even when we're out, Jesus is not. He's uh, looking out for us. So there is something comforting uh, for that, and there's something comforting about how God um, uh, protects and keeps His people. So that's fine. It's kind of psalmy. Yeah, it does lack the forgiveness of sins. So, um, but it does have this sense of like the Psalm four kind of thing. Uh, I will lie down and sleep in peace, in peace for you alone, O Lord. Make me dwell in safety. So, right, nice. and uh, I mean, what it doesn't speak to is is what your how good your best is. Yeah, and and, and it's always, I mean, it's always a rather confusing when. Someone makes a statement or puts out a church sign, and maybe it's meant for something of this realm or in this world, and then you assume because it's on a church sign they're talking about something theological. <laughs> I don't know why people would make that assumption that things on churches right. should be theological. But yeah, I don't know. Um, but you know, I mean, what, are you, what are you going to tell me what to do? I'm not bound to you. <laughs> you come to me with your expectations. I mean, so somebody said, Sermons you know, I could, Jesus, I could, I could tell you, about theology. you know, Brian, when you're on the radio, do your best. And that would be a good and right thing to say. Oh, yeah. uh, now, now, if we're talking theologically and, and now we're talking about, hey, if you could do your best any time now, that'd be great. <laughs> um, but if we're talking theologically. <laughs> Don't tread on me, man. <laughs> to say, hey, do your best before God. I'm sorry. Your best is, is still as filthy rags. Gotcha. Okay. Now, what do you think of this one? Uh, the question isn't. Uh, <laughs> does God love you? The question is, do you love God? Yeah, that's right. What oh, might be what the a problem? Despairing sort of thing. I mean, the, both are the question. I would say, I would say both are the question. So to say one is not the question and the other is is probably 
But the chief thing, of course, is not our love for God. It would be God's love for us. Now, it just so happens that the Bible actually says something about this. <laughs> I what wonder a coincidence. if this is the, this is the, vo- this is the uh, text they're quoting where it says, uh, where John says, First John, now this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I'm looking for it now. It's somewhere right in here. Do you think that this church sign is trying to get at the thing that we've talked about on this program before, how everybody just thinks that God loves them? So we hear, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you all the time. And now this oh. church is trying to say, oh, come on, there's something more than just thinking that God loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we, we've taken issue with that kind of idea, too, but it wasn't so much that, okay, now let's, let's, let's separate the boys from the men and find out who loves God now, because that's what really matters. Um, we've said, well... Um, why does God love you? Uh, that can be found in the person of Jesus. You know, God loves you because your sins are uh, died for, your sins are atoned for. Um, you've had someone who's lived a perfect life to to give you credit for everything he's done. That's why God loves you. Right. I mean, here, I found the text, by the way. Okay. I was only half listening to you because I was looking for the text, but I found it. It says this, 1 John 4, 9 and following, in this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. So that is what you're getting at. This is not an abstract sort of love, the love manifested in a dying Jesus. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. There you go. There it is. There it is. Okay, do you want another one? Oh, yeah, man. I'm dying for another one. Church sign. Change. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Signed. God. And that was on the first Pelagian church. I mean, first Episcopalian <laughs> church of Ocala. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. So change. Is that what it was? Change, right? Yeah, change. Sign God. Yep. Um, uh, uh, yeah. What do you think about that? That's well, kind of you, you know. This is what most people think the word "repent" means. It uh, that most people think the word "repent" means change, and so this is you know John the Baptist came preaching repentance, which means John the Baptist came preaching change. Oi, oi, oi. Of course, uh, I mean, so we would say that repentance is a is a turning from sins. Um, so that you would, I mean, to, to turn from your sins means that you would uh, admit, confess that this sin that you do is wrong, and it's a, it's a, it's against the Lord's uh, word, against His will. Um, now that I mean doesn't necessarily mean that that you'll never commit that sin again. I had a professor. Can you imagine this? I had a professor in college that said. If you commit the same sin again, it shows that you're not truly repentant. Ugh, do you, what, do you go to a Wesleyan college or something? In fact. <laughs> in fact. Um, now, think That's about that. There, that was pretty funny. There's only... Oh, uh, man. Where's the vicar to laugh at my jokes? I need a... <laughs> a laugh track. Vicar, was that funny? <laughs> <laughs> I had to do that about ten times in Bible funny? class <laughs> yesterday. What <laughs> obnoxious person laughing? So um, now, um, just think about that. At some point, you're going to have to be running out of sins, aren't you? I mean, 
I can't commit that one again. I mean, th- maybe this is why uh, uh, Wesley had his uh, uh, entire sanctification view because he's always thinking, well, if I'm committing the same sins, I'm not, I'm not truly repentant, so I can't commit the same sin twice. And pretty soon he has to force himself into a corner to think, oh, I'm not sinning anymore because I've committed everyone in the book. Yeah, that's uh, so you have a certain lit number of sins, and then once you get to the end, you're you're out of options, man. Yeah, I've committed every sin now. Now what am I going to do? You should you become holy by default? <laughs> Just by, like I've listened, I've read every book in this library. Now I can't read anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've accomplished every sin. Now what does this thing say? Oh, change. Oh yeah. So what we wanted to find repentance right, and which is so that repentance has these two parts. And that is, one, we're sorry for our sin, and two, uh, that we f- believe in the promise of the forgiveness of our sins. And those two parts of repentance are, that's, I mean, that is where it's at. You know, I want that, I got to have the gravestone, uh, you know what, the, what is that thing called? The gravestone. Tombstone, that's what it is. <laughs> I got to have the grave rock. <laughs> tombstone, come on. Uh, and it would say, here lies Pastor Wolfmuller, who taught that repentance embraces two parts, re- uh, contrition and faith. Because that's it. That's the, our whole doctrine. just boils down to that right there. I don't think that we can attribute that to you. Well, I, you could, could attribute the fact that I'm teaching, not that I invented <laughs> okay. it. Okay. I might have read it somewhere in the Book of Concord. <laughs> Back in seminary when I read the Book of Concord, that old dusty history book. Right. Okay, I have another one for you. Oh, okay. Another church sign? We're hitting these. Hi, I'm calling uh, with a church sign and a bumper sticker. A church sign from a Baptist church in Saskatoon, which says, just because God is not invited does not mean he is not there. Not Hmm. too sure what it's uh, referring to your private life or church. Uh, (laughs) It doesn't really make sense. And the... Uh, second is a bumper sticker, which I saw while in Montana on vacation, which says, there are no angels in hell, which uh, is a little hmm. interesting because I thought that uh, hell was created for the devil and his angels. Uh, thank you very much, and have a good day. Okay. Uh, okay. Good thing the caller called us because we are experts at divining the motives of the church sign posters. <laughs> we push through to the secret knowledge. We are like the Calvinists of church sign. (laughs) All right, then why don't you parse that? We explore the hidden motives of the poster. Suddenly you're making me excited to listen to Table Talk Radio, so tell me. (laughs) Even though God is not invited, he he just might still show up. Okay. Yes. So do you think... Now, this this was on a Baptist church. Uh, You know, one of the things... Here's one option for this. One of the things the Baptists are always up in arms about is that uh, things like there's no more prayer in school and things like this. So I was reading, someone sent me this Baptist thing where uh, they had a big, it was a big thing for a graduation, and all they had it planned out, so the speaker got up there, and they sneezed, and then all the students said at the same time, God bless you, and everyone went crazy, because it was a way to get God into the speech, you know? Oh. So I suspect this kind of civil sort of thing is what's going on in this church sign. God might not be invited to school, but he's still going to show up. I don't know if you got that one right. What? Let's talk about that after the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
you're not easily embarrassed, tell your friends about Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. All right, Pastor Wolfmiller, before the break, we were talking about this uh, church sign that says, uh, when God is not invited, he may still be there. And I'd, you think this is talking about uh, getting God... Prayer in schools. You know, oh, yeah. Getting God in the places where he's not invited, like in the public square. I kind of think what the caller was leaning towards in the private life, um, so that, uh, you know, you you think that, um, you know, you're, uh, I don't know, watching a dirty movie or something like this, and you think... Ah, you think it's just a little extra law boost. God's looking over your shoulder when you're doing things you shouldn't be doing kind of a thing. Yeah, that'd be good, too, but that's probably wrong. (laughs) All right, then he had another one. What was the second one? Oh, yeah, no angels in hell. I think this is an important point that we need to make, is that the, the demons are the fallen angels. And so the caller was correct about that. Hell is precisely for the fallen angels, which are the demons. Yeah, so why would this church say that's wrong? I don't know. Weird. Do you want, oh, you want me to divine their motives? I forgot. Um, <laughs> no, this is a bumper sticker. I have much more difficult time seeing through to the mysteries of the bumper sticker. Yeah, we sticker. we do need the um, the make and model of the car in order to Yes, that. that's true. And any sort of surrounding bumper. We so need the context. Bumper stickers in context. Let's say this is on a stickers. Volkswagen van. What would it mean? <laughs> no angels in... Hell, that would mean that the person thinks that they are an angel, <laughs> and so they will not be going to hell. I think that's all it is. I mean, so angel, so angel, right? Uh, here isn't talking about an ontological thing about uh, you are an angel, but an angel is someone just is someone who's good. So, like, yeah. you know how there's normally a halo floating over my head. Is basically yeah, that, how I was that thinking works. about that. Um, yeah, so there'll be no angels in hell because everybody's good, right? Hmm. Yeah, right. I think that's or the best maybe we it's can talking do. about the. What base? What baseball team is the Angels? Um, the uh, California, um, yeah, Anaheim team yeah. in California, Anaheim Angels. Probably there'll be none of them in hell either. Probably not. Okay, so we need to go on to our next game. This is how big of a Michelin star you? And are we announcing that this was our our canceled youth youth speaker show because we were going to do uh, a little crunching of the national youth gathering, and then they took all the videos down for some reason, and I don't know why. They would have we'll taken get lumpy the, on the job. Yeah, it down. lumpy. Check that out. But don't worry. the 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 keynote speaker for the national youth gathering, as it was at the previous national youth gathering, was Pastor uh, da, 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 Dan Weber, and uh, he has provided for us and the world, <laughs> not us, but for the world, the missional minute from uh, <laughs> King of Kings uh, Lutheran Church in Omaha. <laughs> what a thing to have! The missional minute. <laughs> so we thought we would use this for a little. Uh, how big of a missional Astoria? And uh, we're gonna let's do this. Let's play the first video, and then uh, and then we'll review the the criteria for this. And then we actually have a special guest online to. Help oh, us. I forgot we actually had criteria instead of just making stuff up. Yeah, yeah. So you pull it up. Where is this that? Here, here's the first week one of the missional minute from uh, King of Kings, Omaha. Hey, it's Pastor Dan, the new director of missional living here at King of Kings. Something I'm really excited about right now is our church's journey in the story as we enter into God's word and and have him shape us. Throughout these 31 weeks of the story, I'm going to be offering a missional minute every single week, highlighting something from our readings that that speaks to our lives as, as missional Christians sharing God's love in Jesus with the world around us. This week, the missional minute is from page three. 
Page 3, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. As we engage with this world around us, we need this opening perspective that it's God's world created by him, and it was good. And even though it's hurting now, through Jesus, God has brought about a plan to bring perfect reconciliation. May his spirit empower you as you go into his good world, speaking good news. All right, now, to give a, give us a little context uh, about this story, we have on the line Pastor Rhino Grotowitz, uh, pastor, of, <laughs> pa- oh, <hello. laughs> pastor of uh, Victory, what's the name of Victory Lutheran Church in Victory New- Love, New Ark, Texas. No, Victory no, Conquering, wrong, wrong. oh, what is it? Victory in Christ? Victory, victory in Christ. Oh, th- thank victory you for that qualifier. Christ. Yeah, we need we need that. Victory over our sinful nature through pietistic exercises, Lutheran Church. <laughs> and, and he has written written a little write-up uh, on Blogia. This this is the blog of Lugia, a journal for Lutheran theology, as uh, as kind of a critique of the story. Uh, so That's pastor, pretty catchy, Blogia. Pastor Ogradowitz, tell us just what is the story for someone who's never heard of it before? Okay. The story is basically, um, it, it's billed as an overview of Holy Scripture. And so if you're looking for Scripture told in a story-like format, um, pulling exclusively from the NIV, um, that, that's what you're going to find here. It's just a, an overview that flows in a story-like fashion. Now, keep in mind, it leaves out a good, I would say, two-thirds of the Bible. So if you're looking to go in-depth in a book like The Story and, and maybe zone in on some key passages, um, that's not really the intent of this. So, um, again, just get really an overview from beginning to end of Scripture, you know, highlighting the key points to, to, um, to show God's overall redemptive plan for humanity. All right. Well, so, well go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, I, well, you want highs and lows? Yeah, give us highs and lows. Yeah, okay, great. Well, um, you know, I, I can see the, the, the strong point in doing something like that. If, if you want to, well, I like, like children's books do this, for example. You know, what came to my mind when I was reading this story was the CPH Children's Bible, the newest one that came out. It has beautiful pictures in it in a real faithful way. It tells the story of Scripture in a condensed way, but again, faithful way that children can kind of digest and get to know God's Holy Word, etc. Um, and so the story in a little deeper way, works like that. And for, you know, many adult converts who have never grown up learning the biblical stories, don't know a lot about Scripture, I could see and be sympathetic to um, a project like that, putting into their hands the Bible in a way that tells the story and, and teaches the faith. Okay, so that, that's the high point. Oh, and, and another thing I liked about it was they, they take the epistles of Paul and they kind of, they they, they they uh, combined his epistles and the Acts narrative in kind of one seamless narrative to kind of tell the story of, of Paul's work, his mission work, and, um, well, we see it in Acts, and then we get to the pastoral epistles when we look at our biblical canon. Well, they kind of combine all of that to make it seamless. Now, we know some scholars, you know, find issue with the dating of his missionary journeys and when the epistles are written, etc., but it does give the reader, I think, a good feel for his mission work in relation to, to what we see in the book of Acts. Okay, that's it for the highs. Now for the lows, and, and this is where things get real dicey here. Um, a, a book like The Story, this is not an arbitrary work 
coming from objective scholarly theologians, but it does teach a distinct um, particular theology. So my question was, was the pastor you guys played up front, is he a Lutheran pastor, or does he belong somewhere else? Yeah, he's a Lutheran pastor. He's a Lutheran pastor, okay. <laughs> well, uh, even worse, and I'll, I'll get to that why. But um, at the bottom, there there is teaching, okay? And when you look at well, what they do, they will take key, key biblical words, like gospel, justification, sanctification, Holy Spirit, etc., and they'll put their own definitions to them. Okay, and that's where we have some problems. And if, if you're a Lutheran, a, a, a subscriber to the Book of Concord, holding our confession, claiming that, that God's Word is inspired and errant, and the Word of God that we stick to, then these definitions are, are extremely problematic, simply because uh, they do not harmonize with our teaching and our confession. Um, and so, for example, when they define uh, uh, the Gospel, okay, um, it, it's a message that an individual can accept. So a strong uh, leaning towards this, this individual by his volitional will having the strength and power on his own to accept um, the message that God is giving him. So decision theology uh, coming forth there. The, the Holy Spirit is called a manifestation. Now, anyone who has studied early church history, particularly the early church council, they can see how hard brilliant theologians and men worked to come up with the word, not manifestation, but person, three persons of the triune God, the person <laughs> of the Father, the Son, and the Holy yeah. Spirit. And all one has to do is go look at the creeds and try to find the word manifestation. Um, that's coming from the heresy of modalism. You know, God just shows himself in, in distinct modes, however he's feeling at that moment in the day. So um, the, the word person acts out, they have manifestation. Um, and... Uh, trying to think of some other ones. Oh, there, there are some questions at the end, and so I was looking at the questions, and one of the stories they, they ask is over Elijah and the prophets of Baal, right? So Elijah takes down the prophets, but then he's soon on the run, and I think it's First Kings 19, but anyways, remember, he, he thinks he's going to die, but he hears the still, small voice, and, and God puts him at ease, etc. I don't have the text in front of me, but where the question goes with this it, it says something to the effect of, how does God speak to Elijah? What does that say about how God communicates with us today? So, um, what's the problem with that, Pastor? Well, we, we know what our Lutheran confession and what Luther said about enthusiasm. You know, God in us, this idea that God communicates to us directly, without any external means, without Holy Scripture, um, that, that's where that question is taking to hear, and that's a very, very dangerous place to go. As soon as you step away from God's Word and you start looking within, you're just opening the floodgates for all sorts of dangers. So, all right. Anyways, that's that's a snap. Yeah, a glimpse of uh, what you're. I can't what see why. What's the problem? Why anyone who's the director <laughs> of missional living wouldn't be using this book? All right. Well, we need to go to a commercial break. Hey, we, we were just talking to Pastor Ryan Agrados. He's pastor of Victory in Christ Lutheran Church. In uh, Newark, Texas, and he wrote an article on the story. A what's it called? The uh, a response to the story on Blogia. We'll put a link to that uh, blog post on our website at tabletalkradio.org. Thank you, Ryan, for joining us on this edition of Table Talk Radio. My pleasure, guys. Happy to do it. All right, take care now. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio.
Table Talk Radio. <laughs> no, that's just silly. Hey, it's Pastor Dan, the new Director of Missional Living here at King of Kings. Something I'm really excited about right now is our church's journey in the story as we enter into God's Word and, and have Him shape us. Throughout these 31 weeks of the story, I'm going to be offering a missional minute every single week, highlighting something from our readings that, that speaks to our lives as, as missional Christians sharing God's love in Jesus with the world around us. This week, the missional minute is from uh, page 3. Page 3, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. As we engage with this world around us, we need this opening perspective that it's God's world created by him, and it was good. And even though it's hurting now, through Jesus, God has brought about a plan to bring perfect reconciliation. May his spirit empower you as you go into his good world, speaking good news. That's Director oh. Webb, Director of Missional Living at uh, uh, King of Kings that, Lutheran Church way. in Omaha. Uh, okay, a director so, of Missional Living. They're reading, they're reading through the story, and uh, we had that uh, little review from Pastor Rogradowitz last segment about... Yeah, it doesn't sound like the story is too helpful. Yeah. So, the story uh, doesn't quite match up with the story, if you know w- what I mean. What is helpful, however, is the How Big of a Missionalist Are You checklist. Yeah, I found this. I didn't realize how snarky we used to be back in the day. <laughs> you wanna... There's 12 ways to find if you're, how hyper-missionalistic you are. Uh, one, the, the what are these things? Sola missio. Everything in Scripture is ignored except for the words regarding mission. Two, despise vocation. Three, despise the sacraments, unnecessary space. Four, despise doctrine, the pure kind. <laughs> Five, despise Christian maturity. Six, despise the ministry. Seven, despise church rights. Eight, use really trendy buzzwords. Nine, the church is a training facility to equip, not give. Send, not forgive. Ten, the church is organic, not supernatural. Eleven, movement, not institution. Twelve, you cost a lot of people a lot of money. Okay. And if you, other are, people, if you check other people. Uh, other people, yeah, if you check two to four, that's missional. Five to seven is missionarific, and eight <laughs> plus is hyper missionified. Okay, so which ones do we have so far in this video? Well, I'm not sure. Uh, you got um, sharing. Everything is about sharing God's love around us with those around us. That is apparently what it means to be missional. Share God's love with those around us. What I did I have I had a tirade about the word share? Yes, yet? you have. You have. Okay. Refer to that, please. <laughs> okay. Let's not use that word. How about give or serve or help or actually just love? How about that? Okay. Use Bible words. No, I, I so think, that would be think... solo missio. Okay. And also a despising of vocation. Okay. Also, what about number six? Uh despise the ministry. Oh yeah, everyone's a everyone's a missionalist. Or even the fact that uh, he's a director of missional living. <laughs> Instead of a pastor? Yeah. Do you think the guy's ordained? I know he's ordained. Oh, he's ordained. He's an ordained missional director? Missional living, missional life director. Director of missional lifing, living. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, uh, that's good. That's three of them so far. All right. This let's, is missional. Let's go to the next one. Missional Minute with uh, um, director. Missional, <laughs> missional living directified. Directified. <laughs> Directifier. Here it is. Hey, Pastor Dan here with uh, the missional minute for week two of the story. I heard a quote earlier this week, and I want to share it with you. 
It asks the question, if every Christian church on this planet except yours was wiped off the face of the earth, but the entire population of the earth remained, could your congregation evangelize the whole world? If we were the only church and we were to set out and evangelize the whole world, how would we do it? And I think chapter 2 of the story gives us a clue. The very first page of chapter 2, it's page 13. God speaks his word of blessing to Abram, and he says that all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. When God sets out to bless the whole earth, when he sets out to change the lives of the entire world, he starts with one person. He starts with one family. And as we uh, live out our faith in this world, uh, we can change the world as we change the lives of one person and one family at a time. All right. Wait a minute. That, that confuses me. Because I thought we were doing the whole entire world. I guess the whole world, one family at a time, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Whole world. Okay. Just one family, one family at a time. A weird kind of question. If the, the answer, by the way, if every church was destroyed and it was only your church left, could you evangelize the whole world? The answer is, well, no. <laughs> I mean, that's why Jesus has a whole bunch of churches. <laughs> I mean, weird. I mean, yeah, I mean... You're kind of against these hypotheticals. This, this, uh, I mean, so, so certainly the church started out with uh, a bunch of guys. I am potentially they, the, against the hypotheticals. The Holy Spirit, <laughs> by the way, gave these bunch of guys a special gift to cross, to cross um, language barriers. And uh, I think there were, what, 3,000 baptized in, in, in the first day. So uh, that, that helps get things started, you know? It does, yeah. <laughs> All right. Were there any others on the checklist that we nailed on that one? A church is a training facility. I didn't. Did we get some buzzwords? The whole thing can't, sounds kind of buzzwordy. I heard the word share again. I thought you were gonna go nuts. But. Let's. Uh, I missed it. I'm just, my ears are already numb. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 feeling our listeners can surely have sympathy with. Oh yes. I don't know. You got another one? Yeah, let's oh, keep going. I got we're 14 of these puppies. Come on. We're looking for missionarific here. Here's we're up week, to missional. Here's week three. Hey, it's Pastor Dan with this week's missional minute. Here in chapter three of the story, we read all about Joseph while he's in Egypt. Uh, you see hardship after hardship, to, betrayed by his brother, sold as a slave, uh, gets in trouble with Potiphar's wife, and now he's in prison. Page 32, right in the middle. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Where does the Christian walk happen? It's not just at church. It's not just on Sunday mornings. There are no unsacred places. God calls us to go even to dark prisons wherever we are. No matter what the circumstances, God opens doors and hearts and minds and gives us great opportunities to share his love in Jesus. Look for those chances this week and this day, wherever God places you, to speak his word of love, and he will grant you his favor. Oh, boy. All right. Look, this is amazing. This is just amazing. I mean, so God sends us to go to dark prisons. He opens doors. This is what the te- this is what uh, Director of Missional Living Dan said about this text, but this is a weird, a very weird take on the text because... the. the uh, there was no open doors for Joseph. <laughs> he was locked in prison. And the Lord didn't tell him, send him to go down to the prison like he was a prison minister. He was thrown in prison. 
And then to take this thing and to say, which is of great comfort to the Christian, that the Lord even was there in prison looking with kindness upon Joseph, to take that text, which is a beautiful kind of gospel, and then to say we need to look for opportunities to share the gospel in all these different situations is to take a text that is gospel and to turn it into law squarely, to take all the comfort out and make it into all command. Do you remember, uh, I think it was like for these... Um, ACT tests, like uh, preparatory things, that there'd be these um, these reasoning, this logic type stuff. So, like if A then B. Do you remember those? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give one to you, and you do the then B part. Okay. All right. Am I thinking like a missionalist or like a normal person? You, like a normal person. Okay. Okay. If there are no unsacred places, then uh, every place is sacred. Or you could say, or then there are no sacred places either. <laughs> Never mind, that didn't work out so well. Right. There are no unsacred places. Is that what it said? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, if, if everything is sacred, then nothing is sacred, right? I mean, I mean, it's, it's just... If everyone's a hero, then nobody is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To quote... What is that guy from the show? <laughs> I, don't oh, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. You know the guy from the show. Do I do I have to get more specific than that? No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Syndrome. I'm um, Syndrome, your nemesis from The Incredibles. I have no and idea. And when everybody's about. super, nobody is. Okay. Um, That's all I'm saying. What other? other what, good theology. Which ones did we get on the checklist on that one? I'm not even looking at the checklist anymore. I'm watching the convention on mute. <laughs> Movement, not an institution. Cost of the church is a training facility. We got that one already. Use really trendy buzzword. Despise church rights. We haven't had despising the church rights or despising Christian maturity. We haven't had despising of doctrine yet or despising of sacraments. And okay, let's do, let's do one more really quick. We just have a All minute right, here, here and then we'll uh, we'll have to count them up after right after this. Here it is. Yeah. Hey, it's Pastor Dan coming to you this week with another missional minute as we look at the story. Today we're in chapter 4, all about deliverance. And if you're going to look in your story with me, page 46. Page 46, God calls Moses to set his people free. And Moses asks this great question. He says, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? I, I get that question. God says, hey, I'm sending you to bring good news to people, to set them free. And, and like Moses, I feel like, God, who am I? You picked the wrong guy. Who am I that I should do this thing? And God's answer to Moses is the same answer he gives to you and to me. He says this, I will be with you. I will be with you, God says. In other words, as God sends us on his mission into the world to set people free, it's not about who we are at all. It's about who God is, and he is with us. May his spirit lead us and prepare us for these conversations as we bring a word of freedom to people in slavery to sin that they may know Jesus and the life he has for them. All right. Now, uh, the, if we haven't hit our hit already, this what this check mark about interpreting everything uh, sola missio, I guess we did hit yep. that one already. So yep, yep. what other ones? Everything is reduced to the mission. Which is the point of doing a missional minute when you're reading through the Bible or the story. Right. Uh, how many did we get on this? What was the final tally? I think we got six. Missionerific. Missionerific. And thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like doing evangelism without the evangel. <laughs> You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. 
Call us toll free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.